I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, June 15th, 2020. I'm Trey Yingst. The coronavirus outbreak is changing the way we interact and altering the way we work. This pandemic is probably by far the most significant change in human behavior in modern times. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. The United States continues to see an influx of new COVID-19 cases. This public health crisis is shining a spotlight on how important human-to-human interaction is, while forcing the public to operate under a new set of rules. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Dr. Carl Mingus, the director of the Public Health Master's Program at the University of New Haven. Starting first in China, where authorities in Beijing are on high alert after new cases were linked to a wholesale food market. More than 100 new cases were reported in an area that hadn't seen local transmission of the virus in over a month. Chinese officials are still not allowing international investigators into parts of the country to determine the exact origins of COVID-19. Now to Brazil, where the country has seen the second worst death toll in the world. With nearly 43,000 deaths and more than 850,000 total cases, Brazil continues to suffer. While the World Health Organization is concerned, the group says Brazil's medical system has yet to be completely overwhelmed. Finally, in Europe, where inter-EU travel is expected to increase this week as new flights resume. Greece opened to tourists today and is accepting international flights into multiple cities. While the focus isn't as much on tourism, France is also reopening more this week, according to French President Emmanuel Macron. Macron said the pace at which the lockdown is lifting will increase. So as reopenings continue and travel increases, will people return to normal ways or will life look different? There's a lot of variation in terms of public health response um, based on the needs uh, and the uh, resources, frankly, of uh, the given uh, places where, where you know, coronavirus is um, seeing an uptick or um, a, a downtick. This is Dr. Carl Mingus, the director of the Public Health Master's Program at the University of New Haven. He joins us today from Connecticut. Right now we're at about 20-some states have uh, seen a, um, an increase in the number of positive cases. Um, so I think what's happening is we're actually doing the right job, which is testing as much as possible um, individuals to determine whether or not they have COVID-19 um, and then doing the steps necessary to try to, to curtail that from increasing. Um, we can't lose sight on the importance of testing uh, for positive cases and keeping uh, an eye on that going forward. Um, it's really important to do that in a way to know what, you know, the true rate of infection is, but also to help save the risk of positive cases turning into hospitalizations. Um, And that's the one thing that we have to be careful of is really trying to keep the hospitalization rate of COVID positive patients in hospitals around 20%. So that way we can treat people who have other conditions as well. Um, and so it's, it truly is a, a balancing act. Absolutely. That's a, a big issue we've talked a lot about on this podcast, the problem of other medical conditions not getting the same amount of attention in the medical system due to the fact that people are, A, scared to even go to the doctor or go to the hospital, but B, certain medical systems in areas that are overwhelmed as a result of the coronavirus How has this changed the way that 
humans are interacting, whether it's with the medical system or with each other in the workplace, what stands out to you the most about the way this has changed society? Right. Um, This pandemic is probably by far the most significant change in human behavior in modern times. The way that we have had to adapt and change how we interact with others and to constantly be vigilant of our own protection as well as those of others um, has been on everyone's mind. You know, it's changed how we eat, how we socialize, how we shop, you know, how we work, what recreational activities we pursue, um, how we worship, um, you know, how we seek healthcare, how children are our schools, how higher education works, um, you know, the, the list kind of goes, goes on and on. Um, so really this uh, pandemic has completely shifted and altered how we as, human, as humans have socialized and interacted for, you know, millennia, really. And so this is getting to a point where I think we need to um, take that into consideration as places open up be mindful of public health measures, the importance of PPE, social distancing guidelines, the importance of washing hands, you know, the standard sort of public health techniques um, need to be integrated in our daily life if we are to return to normal in any in any short period of time while we're waiting for perhaps a vaccine to be developed. Um, you know, that's still some time away. So I think uh, to maintain, to get back to normalcy, we just need to integrate those important public health features of social distancing and and mask wearing and washing hands um, and not going out if you're feeling sick. Um, All of those things need to be kind of harnessed and brought into the places that we're used to living in our daily life um, that have been totally up, you know, shifted as a result of this, uh, this pandemic. You've been listening to Dr. Carl Mingus, the director of the Public Health Master's Program at the University of New Haven. We'll be right back. You talked before about a balancing act, and I think it's interesting when you look at the state-by-state numbers, certain areas that have reopened quickly trying to get back to normal life are seeing an uptick in new positive coronavirus results. Are you concerned from a public health lens that people may be too eager to get back to work and get back to normalcy that it's going to risk a second wave in some places that have seen a rapid decline in the number of cases. And then additionally, from a countrywide perspective, that there isn't necessarily a unified message as to how long these lockdowns may last for. Right. Uh, To that that last point first, I think it's incredibly important to think about um, this from a messaging perspective, because, um, you know, health health behavior from a public health lens isn't, notoriously difficult to change. It's really hard to change how people eat, how they interact with the environment. Um, there's so many social determinants of health out there that are hard, that are difficult to modify. But with the COVID-19 crisis, all of a sudden, you're asking people to completely change how they interact with each other, to integrate things that make us less social, and we're naturally social beings. Um, so doing all of these things can be extremely time-consuming, um, if you are to implement them on a larger public health scale. But when the need for a pandemic arises, everyone kind of rose to the occasion of, of 
you know, maintaining things like social distancing and mask wearing and washing hands. Um, but recently, you know, we've discovered that there's kind of a, a finite limit at which individuals are willing to, um, to maintain those, in many cases, voluntary kind of guidelines. Um, so with the phase reopenings that governors have across the United States, um, every state is sort of different. Here in Connecticut, we were hit. We were amongst the hardest hit states, given our proximity to New York. And, um, you know, we will only be opening phase two, um, which would be July 20th. And so things like, like gyms and um, restaurants, indoor restaurant eating can, can continue, uh, movie theaters, things like that. But it will still be a requirement up to people to wear their masks. Um, you know, I have friends in, who live in other places, like the south, in the southwest, where, you know, she would estimate maybe 20% of people who went to the grocery store wore masks. Here in Connecticut, it's mandatory. It's required. Um, you can't enter a store without one. So I think kind of um, having the, the balance of public health officials indicating the, the importance of some of the this health and human behavior that we have to integrate, but in addition to making that um, required for our municipalities and for the places where, you know, where we worship or where we eat or where we get our food um, and maintaining some of those social distancing and, and PPE guidelines that would help to um, reduce the risk of increasing infections. It, it is, again, like this balancing act that we talked about. And I think a lot of our um, public health officials um, have learned from other countries insofar as what were effective measures and ways to um, sort of stave this crisis um, in places that perhaps the government has a, has a greater role in day-to-day -day life. In the U.S., that's not our tradition. It never has been. It probably never will be. So um, we have to be mindful of, to the extent that we can, just um, reading this message over and over again, you know, maintain your distance, don't go out if you're sick, wash your hands, Wear your face mask if you do go out, even if everything is open, um, until there is Certainly. either herd humidity, herd immunity, rather, or um, the vaccines developed. Certainly. I understand you did some research during this pandemic. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so it's actually ongoing, um, but we are interviewing college students to understand um, it's a it's just a, a large survey that's going to be um, sent to college students here in Connecticut where we're really interested in understanding the knowledge of the disease. So, you know, by asking students questions, um, you know, basically the WHO kind of guidelines. Um, what are the guidelines for maintaining social distancing? How long should you wash your hands? Those kind of things. So we understand how much college students are aware of ways to protect themselves. So that way, when they return to campus in the fall, they are going to be prepared. Um, and we are going to be prepared for what their knowledge base is of disease transmission and risk. Um, another thing we're, going to, we're asking about is the perception of the, the, the disease. Um, so um, the, the perception of how long this will last, perception of how long it's going to be for a vaccine to be developed, the perception of um, how long do we need to maintain social distancing guidelines before, um, before things return to normal. So all of these things are important in kind of preparing a campus to get up and started again in the fall and will be important for understanding the impact of the virus on people's day-to-day -day lives um, in preparation again for the fall. 
Certainly. I, I imagine the data you're collecting is going to be very useful, not only at the University of New Haven, but across the country as campuses are looking to reopen, getting back to that point of public health messaging and what people know and what they need to be more informed about. Dr. Carl Mingus, the director of the Public Health Master's Program at the University of New Haven. Dr. Mingus, thank you again for your time. You're most welcome. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.